1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. At the beginning of 2020, the Lord led Pastor to do a series on the truth about money. And that was no accident or coincidence. The Lord ordered our steps to have a successful and prosperous 2020 and a year of miracles in a time of fear and panic and government tyranny and government insanity. Now the Lord is having us deal with confession during the Holy Week revival and in this new Sunday morning series entitled, Four Things We Must Confess. Four Things We Must Confess. When we deal with topics like faith or prayer, healing, prosperity, or confession, don't tune us out. Don't say, I've heard that. We are walking in greater revelation and greater blessing every year. So you got to have ears to hear. Tell your neighbor, say, have ears to hear. Tell your other neighbor, say, have ears to hear. Let's begin with Luke 8 and verse 11. In Luke 8 and verse 11, Jesus said, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. The seed, which is God's word, it causes the earth to produce. It causes the earth to produce. It causes it to bud and to bring forth fruit. Matthew 13 and verse 24, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed. Say good seed seed. in his field. Say, say my field. He sowed good seed in his field. A man sowed good seed in his field. Your field is your life. And the good seed is the word of God. But it has to be sown. The seed is the word. And your field is your life. But the seed has to be sown. Matthew 13 and verse 31, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So even a little tiny mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed 
which a man took and planted in his field. So your field is your life, and the good seed is the Word of God. And even if the seed of God's Word is planted in small doses, even the size of a mustard seed, it has powerful results. The seed, the good seed, is the Word of God. And even when it is planted in small doses, like a mustard seed, it has powerful results. Mark 4, verse 26, And Jesus said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep, and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. So you don't have to understand how it all works. Amen. Amen. Just have to know it works. He knoweth not how. Verse 28, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Verse 28 was Smith Wigglesworth's favorite verse. First the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. The seed knows its business. And the moment it is planted, the seed goes to work. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to have sleepless, restless nights without the peace of God. The seed knows its business. And the moment it is planted, the seed goes to work. I don't have to understand how it works. All I need to know is that it works. And then I just have to take action. I don't have to understand it all or be able to explain it all. I just have to know it works. And then in my life, I just have to take action. The seed is the Word of God. And the seed forces the soil into production. Even when it doesn't want to produce, the seed forces the soil into production. God's Word forces production in the kingdom of God. And in your life, say, my life. In your life, God's Word will force production. You can force the soil in your life to produce by sowing the seed, which is the Word of God. And you do that with your confession. You do that with what you are saying. You do that with the words of your mouth. You can force the soil in your life to produce by sowing the seed, which is the Word of God. And you do that with your confession. You do that by saying what the Word of God says. In whatever area of life you need better results or different results or you need the circumstances to change. Force the soil in your life into production with your confession of God's Word. You can force the soil in your life into production with your confession of God's Word. You can put pressure on your circumstances to change with the Word of God. You can force, say, I can force. force. You can force your circumstances to change for the better with the Word of God. God's Word has been given to us as a seed for everything we need. His Word has been given to us as a seed for everything we need. But as we learned during the Holy Week, you got to open your Bible. you got to find the Scriptures and the promises that cover your case. And you need to then begin to plant those seeds in your life, in your heart. By confessing God's Word, you make a demand on the kingdom of God within you. That's what I learned from Dr. T.L. Osborne. He told me many times, he said, Austin, we don't pray the power down. We preach the power out. If you are born again, 
If you are a child of God, the kingdom of God resides in you. You don't have to ask for something you already have. You just have to release what's on the inside of you. And by confessing God's word, by declaring his word, you can make a demand on the kingdom of God within you. But your faith, it's not going to rise any higher than your level of confession. And so again, if you've plateaued, if you've been at the same place year after year in a particular area of your life, God doesn't need to change. You need to change. And part of what you need to change is your confession and what you've been saying. The promises of God's word will never become a reality in your life until you plant them by speaking them into your life, by speaking them into the soil of your life, which is your heart. Your life will never change. It will never line up with the word of God until you begin speaking God's word, planting the word of God into the soil of your life, which is your heart. In your life, God's word is a seed that you plant. And the seed forces production. The seed forces circumstances to change. Now the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. And sadly many believers, they love the Lord and they've been in church year after year, but no one has ever told them who they are in Christ. So the first thing we have to confess is who we are in Christ. Proverbs 18 and verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So right now in your life, you are what you have been saying. And right now in your life, you have. You have right now whatever you have been saying, whatever you have been confessing. Do you want your life and your circumstances to change for the better? Well, you have to change what you're saying. You have to change what you're confessing. Do you want your life and circumstances to change for the better? You have to change what you're saying. You have to change what you're confessing. In your marriage, in your home, regarding your children, regarding your work, your labor, your finances, you have to change what you're saying. You have to change what you're confessing. And the sad truth is most people even most Christians, their default is death. They're speaking death to their life and to their circumstances the majority of the time. And as I said Wednesday night, when we're here together in church, or you're here for a champion builders group, whatever it is, it's easy to be positive then. But are you positive? And are you saying what the Word of God says Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday? Are you positive in saying what the word says at work and on the job? When your husband or wife tells you about this or that, this or that challenge, or this or that need, or this or that unexpected bill, what are you saying then? And the reality is the default for most people is death. James tells us the tongue is a world of evil set on fire by hell itself. So you have to work on what you're saying. You have to purpose to discipline your life and your words and your confession. Words spoken in faith will put positive pressure on your circumstances. Words spoken in faith will put positive pressure 
on your circumstances. Isaiah 55, beginning in verse 8, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts and your thoughts, as the rain and snow come down from heaven. And do not return to it without watering the earth and making it. Say, making it. Making, making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So there are four steps that every believer must know and understand to make God's word work in your life and circumstances. And you've got to keep this in mind throughout this entire series. There are four steps that you need to know that are necessary to make God's word work in your life and circumstances. First, you've got to decide what you want from God and then find two to three scriptures that cover your case. First, you have to decide what you want. Say what I want. Not what somebody else wants for you. Not what religion says you ought to have. What you want. First, decide what you want from God and find two to three scriptures that cover your case. Now, if you're praying for something that God's word does not promise, then you're just wasting your time. You've got to get the promises of God fixed in your heart, not just in your head. And then you've got to use them on a regular basis with your confession, with your praise. You've got to use them against the enemy who attacks with doubt and unbelief. Second, according to Mark 11:24, you've got to ask God for the things that you desire and believe that you receive them. And we don't have time to teach on this or explain it. Ask once, and then from that point forward, believe you receive. Don't ask again and again and again and again. Like a little child that doesn't really believe you're going to go get burgers after church or whatever it is. Paul says we've got to put childish ways behind us. Amen? And if you want bigger blessings, you've got to grow up, mature, and be a man or woman of the Word and speak the Word in your life. So second, ask God for the things you desire and believe you receive them. Third, let your every thought and desire affirm that you have what you have asked for. So you got to get your words under control. you got to get your thought life under control. you got to get your daydreaming and imagination under control. And by the Word of God, you've got to take authority over any doubt, fear, and unbelief. So third, you've got to let every thought and desire affirm that you have. You have received what you have asked for. And fourth, you've got to con constantly confess the promises from God's Word that cover your case. You've got to constantly confess the promises from God's Word that cover your case. Dare to stand on His Word. And if you'll do that, He'll make His Word come to pass in your life. In any area of life, regarding healing, regarding marriage and family, regarding your finances, if you will dare to stand on the Word of God and on His promises, God will make His Word come to pass in your life. If you will side in and agree with God, God will agree with you. Amen. amen. And as we've learned, that's what Jesus says amen to. He is the high priest of our profession, our saying the same thing. So the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. Say, who I am in Christ Jesus. And sadly, many believers, they, they don't know who they are in Christ. 
because they've not been taught or they've not read the word of God for themselves to see who they are in Christ, the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. If you want to live a victorious Christian life, you have to confess who you are in Christ. We're dealing with who you are in Christ Jesus. We're dealing with your standing in Christ and your standing in the kingdom of God. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you look like it or not, whether you just got saved last week, you are a child of God. You are either a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You are his very own child, and you are a part of his family. Now, I know there's been a lot of uh, public attention and criticism of a particular royal family. Well, there's a royal family that is perfect and without fault. And if you're born again, you're a part of that family. Amen. Amen. We are his children. We are his sons and daughters. Say, now I am. So it's not that you're going to be. It's not that if you can do enough of this or enough of that, you are a child of God. doesn't matter how you feel. And uh, some days we feel more spiritual than other days. Amen? You are a child of God. So the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ Jesus. According to the Word of God, you are right now. You are everything God says you are, regardless of whether or not you are presently experiencing God's Word in every area of your life. You are everything God says you are, regardless of whether or not you are currently experiencing all of God's Word in every area of your life. What's the problem? Well, you got to find out what the Word of God says. you got to line your life up with what the Word of God says. You've got to begin to plant the seed of the Word of God into the soil of your life, which is your heart, so that the Word of God can force your life and your circumstances to begin to line up with the Word of God. According to His Word, you are everything God says you are, regardless of whether or not you are presently experiencing all of God's Word in every area of life. And if not, then God lied. But our Heavenly Father cannot lie. If not, then His Word is not true, but His Word is true. The problem is never with God. If there's an issue, if there's a problem, if there is a point of defeat, the problem is always with us. If you are not living up to the level of God's Word, then that is your fault, not God's. If your life and circumstances are not lining up with the Word of God, then that is your fault, not God's. If you want to overcome, if you want to win and prevail, if you want to live a life of victory, not defeat, then you have to begin to say what the Word of God says. Until His Word is planted in your heart, you will not really believe about your life what His Word says. So you got to turn off all the world's nonsense. got to turn off all the world's junk. And again, there's a time, there's a place for entertainment and rest, amen, but you got to turn the volume on all that down and begin to say what the Word of God says so you believe about your life and your circumstances what His Word says. And if you will do that, you will walk in victory and the blessing of the Lord.
Our Heavenly Father wants you to be a winner. He operates through winning, and there is no defeat in God. Paul said that he always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. So the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. So number one, under the first thing we must confess who we are in Christ, number one, we are new creations. Say this, say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter if you showed up today mismatched or whatever the issue is. Doesn't matter if so-and-so didn't smile and say hi to you this morning. Right now, you are. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is. Not will be, not could be, not might be. He is. You are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Say, in my life, the old has gone. The new has come. Say it again. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Paul said, if anyone is in Christ. Now, how does a person get into Christ? Romans 6 and verse 3 says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Then Paul wrote in Romans 10 and verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you have confessed with your mouth, and if you have believed in your heart, then you are saved. You are born again. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you. If you have confessed with your mouth, and if you have believed in your heart, then you are in Christ, and Christ is in you. Doesn't matter how you feel today. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you. The Bible says you are. Say, I am. I am. So not you're, you're going to be, not you could be, not someday in the sweet by and by. You are right now a present tense reality. You are. Say, I am. I am. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Say, I am, I am. a new creation in Christ Jesus. And this is what the Bible says about your life. The old has gone. The new has come. I don't know how many testimonies I have heard over the years that as people came to church faithfully and consistently and heard the word and applied the word to their life over time, all the old just fell off. And the old fell off without a struggle. Say, the old has gone. Say, the new has come. Say this, say, I am a new me in Christ Jesus. Say, the old me is gone, dead, buried, crucified with Christ. The old has gone. The new has come. So you got to live like it. You got to act like it. You got to talk like it. And if the old has gone and the new has come, then your life is going to look different. And you're not going to do the things you used to do. And you're not going to hang with those you used to hang with. Because the old has gone and the new has come. 
If the old things have passed away, they no longer exist. Now, we're not speaking about your body, which is your flesh. We're not speaking about your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. We're speaking about your spirit, which is the real you on the inside. When you're saved, it is your spirit that is born again. Your spirit is saved, but your flesh is not. Your spirit is saved, but your soul is not. And this is why we have to renew our minds. This is why we have to keep our emotions in check. This is why we also have to take care of our physical bodies. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. In his first letter to the church of Corinth, Paul gave an example of this. 1 Corinthians 6, beginning in verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6, beginning in verse 9. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, I know this is news to some people in 2021, but it's all over the Bible. And yes, this is in the New Testament. Smile at your neighbor and say, it's in the New Testament. <laughs> Smile at your other neighbor and say, it's in the New Testament. So it's all over the place. So when people want to act like it's not, they're, they're wrong, or they're ignorant, or they're lying. Do you not know that the wicked will not? Say, they will not, they will not. inherit the kingdom of God. And then Paul says, do not be deceived, which means on this point, people are deceived. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, thieves, neither thieves will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, and this is what I want you to see this morning. Verse 11, and that is what some of you were. Say, I was, I was. but I ain't anymore. And I know that's not good English, amen, but we're in Texas, so it's okay. Say, I was, but I ain't anymore. Now, there is a lie in America today, and there is a lie in the church culture today. And that lie is you can keep living your sinful lifestyle and claim to be in Christ Jesus. But that is a lie. And people take their particular, right now, favorite sexual sin, and they just say, well, I just happen to be that kind of Christian. Well, that not only is stupid, that is biblically ignorant. No one would say with a straight face they're a fornicating Christian. No one would say with a straight face they're an adulterating Christian. No one would say with a straight face they're a lying Christian. No one would say with a straight face they're a thieving Christian. No one would say with a straight face they are a murdering Christian. If you want to come to Christ Jesus, if you want to be in Christ Jesus, you must give all of that up. Because when you are in Christ, and Christ is in you, the old has gone, and the new has come. And if the old hasn't gone, and the new hasn't come, then you are not in Christ Jesus. And you need to repent, and be saved, and do it the Bible way. That, verse 11, that is what some of you were, past tense. You were that. You are not that anymore. You live like that. But now that you are in Christ Jesus, you are not to live like that anymore. You are to live at a higher level. You are to walk at a higher level. That is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. 
you were justified, that is, brought into right standing in God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Say, that is what I was. Say, but I am not that old person anymore. Say it again. Say, I am not that old person anymore. Say, praise God. The old me is dead. The old me has been crucified with Christ. The old me has been buried with Christ. And maybe that's your problem. Maybe in your life that old man, that old woman isn't dead. But as God, the way God sees it, they're, they're just as dead as somebody buried in a gravesite down the road. You ought to be able to go look and see the marker. That is what I was, but that is not what I am anymore. I have been raised to a new life in Christ Jesus. And now I live like a new man or a new woman in Christ Jesus. Say, praise God. Praise God. I have been raised with Christ. Say, praise God. I have new life in Christ Jesus. Say, I am saved. Say, I am born again. Say, I have been washed and I have been cleansed with the Word of God. Say, I am born of the Spirit. I am sealed of the Spirit. And I am filled. Say, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Say, I have been washed. I have been sanctified. I have been justified. And I have new life in Christ Jesus. So that is what Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new you. The old has gone. The new has come. Say, say it again. Say, the old has gone. The new has come. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And part of what you have to do is you have to, to eliminate from your life all the defeatist Christian talk. Well, you know, Austin, I, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You need to read your Bible. You were a sinner. You have been saved by grace. And now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that doesn't mean that you're perfect or that you won't ever make a mistake or there'll never be a moment at which you don't walk in love. Amen. But it means you understand who you are now in Christ Jesus. Got to get rid of all the defeated loser talk and say who you are in Christ Jesus. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. So the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. And the first point under that of who you are in Christ is you are a new creation. Say, I am a new creation. And this is true whether or not you feel like it. Remember, we walk by faith. We walk by the Word of God, not by sight, not by our senses, not by how we feel. Whether or not you feel like it, you are everything God says you are. doesn't matter how you feel. You are everything God says you are. When you walk by faith, it simply means you're walking by what the Word of God says. You're walking by what God has said in His Word. So don't let your flesh or your soul, don't let your emotions rule your life. Say, I'm in charge. Say, and say, I'm a new creation. So my body, my flesh, 
is not going to rule me. Say, my emotions are not going to rule me. You've got to let the Word of God rule your life. You've got to let the Word of God direct the course of your life. You've got to let the Word of God determine your every circumstance. Not man, not religion, not the government. You've got to let God's Word determine your circumstances. And you've got to make the Word of God the master of your life. And then purpose in your heart to chart your life and your destiny by the Word of God. And you can do that in every area of life. The only limits are the limits with you. The only limits are with what you decide not to do. But you can chart your life and your destiny by the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we don't deny the circumstances. We don't lie and say the circumstances are not real or they don't exist. No, we choose to ignore them. We choose to ignore the circumstances. We choose to ignore what is temporal, temporary, and passing away. So no matter what it looks like, no matter how it may feel, no matter how big the mountain may be, if you will say what the Word of God says, then the circumstances, whatever they are, will be temporary. If you will say, in any area of life, if you will say what the Word of God says, the circumstances will be temporary. We don't deny the circumstances, no. We choose to ignore them. We choose to say what God's Word says. We choose to look not. We choose to live by a higher reality, which is the Word of God. We choose to say what His Word says. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We could say it this way. We walk by the Word of God, not by sight. So the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. And point number one under that, you are a new creation. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Say, not I will be, not I could be. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The promises of God's word in your life will never become a reality until you plant them by speaking them into the soil that is your life, which is your heart. The promises of God's word will never become a reality in your life until you begin speaking them in your own life. God's word has been given to us as a seed that we need in every area of life. His word is given to us to meet every need, but we have to plant the seed, which is his word. Force the soil in your life to produce with your confession of God's word. Force the circumstances of your life to change for the better with your confession of God's word. And you can because you are a new creation. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Say it again. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Say it again. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. So the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. And number one under that is you are a new creation in him. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.